guys. I am so excited. This is an awesome little holiday treat. We have Danny Pellegrino, comedian, author, podcast host of Everything Iconic. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel like we're already best friends, even though you don't know it. Like, we are from afar. <laughs> yeah. I we mean, are from afar. We both agree that JC is the lead singer of Sync. He really is. Honestly, you know that. I know that. I think the people know that. He's the best. That chiseled jawline, I mean, and the, those flawless vocals. I love that man. He's a prince. He's a king. And he's aged so well, so we love that for him. Right, right. I love him. I love him so much. So, of course, my podcast is Laguna Biatch. It's, you know, started about Laguna, all this stuff. I know your podcast is called Everything Iconic. Would you put Laguna with Iconic Reality TV? Yes, of course. Yes, I think Laguna Beach is is so iconic. I think it really started a genre. Of course, the Hills really like perfected that whole thing. But um, in terms of like reality TV history, I think Laguna Beach it was it was so ahead of its time and such a different kind of animal. I, I of course reality TV had existed before Laguna Beach, but the cinematography alone uh, on Laguna Beach it just it was a different kind of reality show, and I. I hope, and I don't think, but I, I hope it never gets lost in terms of, like, the impact that it's had. Because now, of course, reality TV has stepped it up and, and tried to do similar cinematography and stuff is kind of blurred between scripted and not. But Laguna Beach was the first to really do that, I think. So, yes, yes. What do you... Was th- that too long-winded? Of an no, answer? that was perfect. <laughs> I love it. That's all I talk about. So any... There's no such thing as long-winded here. Did you like Steven with, like, Kristen or Lauren, or were you just, just like, dump them? Steven. Um, I love, you know, my favorite, and I've talked about this on my show before. I had Kristen on my show once mm-hmm. very early on, and I think it was very... Uh, what she represented in that show, particularly that moment when she's on the bar and he's yelling, get off the bar, slut, you know, it was so impactful of her to not give a shit that he was <laughs> saying that because so many young women and, and young men and just young people in general, I, I think often might have gone the other way. I, it was such a powerful moment that she just didn't care what he was saying so he was an asshole he was young though he was 17 18 so you know i let it slide of course but but i i was happy i didn't want anyone to be with him i wanted them to keep dancing on the bar and (laughs) you know doing what they wanted to do were you an avid laguna watcher oh yeah yeah because i sort of lined up with them i think i'm the exact same age as they are i remember being so excited my high school friends and i to see that on tv like they were going through the same things we were going through at the exact same time so it just was like a it was weird to see you know obviously they i come from ohio and so they lived much fancier lifestyle than i could have ever imagined but it still was like the same kind of like a social politics that i was going through Mm -hmm. uh in high school and um so yeah, I, I watched it from the beginning, and I, I was obsessed with it from the beginning. And also, I gotta say, I, I just talked a lot of shit on Steven, but like, I had <laughs> such a crush on him. I wasn't even out of the closet, and I remember being like, "Oh my god, he's so cute, he's so handsome," and he always had like those low rise shorts on. That was very impactful to me as a little closeted gay young man. I love that, and this is actually a perfect segue because I think Kristen's episode was one of the first episodes I ever listened to of your podcast. And as I was listening, you were actually like, the cast of The Hills is boring. Like this show, the cast was so boring. Why do you think it worked? Do you think it's because we just didn't know any better? 
Yeah, I didn't know. It, almost like lightning in a bottle or something like that. Because when you really think about it, they had to cast around Lauren, who is one of the most bland humans ever. And I, and that's coming from a Lauren fan. Like I Same. love Lauren, and <laughs> I, I. But I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not so uh, daft to not recognize the fact that she's very bland. Right. <laughs> and so, so they were casting around her. And so they had to find people even more bland so that Lauren would still be the star of the show. And so finding people like Whitney and Audrina, who are gorgeous young women, they were stunning, they still are, but they their role on the show was to be more bland than Lauren so that she's out. And, and Heidi even, she was like the wild card, so she had a little more leeway to be a little bit more fun or traditionally what we'd expect from reality TV people at the time. Um, but it was still within the confines of this is Lauren's show. But, you know, for some reason it worked. I think I think the cinematography had way more to do with it than people realized because it was a pretty show to look at. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was all of these things kind of come together. The music aspect was very important. You know, I was just talking about the movie Home Alone. Um, and I promise this, this thought is related. But Home Alone, <laughs> I was talking to a friend and we were saying how the score of Home Alone mm-hmm. is so incredible and it really immerses you in that world and there's so many other wonderful things about Home Alone but I think the score is way more important than people realize because they had John Williams a full orchestra um, every scene was such a beautiful music coming from it and I I think similarly with The Hills where every scene was soundtracked so perfectly and some of it was new music that we were hearing for the first time and then other stuff was like classic music or, or really hot music at the time. Of course, you know, the Don't Stop Believin' scene was so mm-hmm. incredible before Glee. Um, and then <laughs> Since You've Been Gone, when they were in the limo. So I think that was more, uh, those little kind of bells and whistles with the hills was more, was so much more important than people realize. But then, you know, we also... We were sort of a, Lauren was our surrogate, right? Like we all wanted to kind of be Lauren and mm-hmm. go to this new city and all that. So there was a lot of elements, lightning in a bottle though, in a lot of ways. I agree. And it's so funny you talk about the music because there's one scene, Big Girls Don't Cry, and I think about it all the time. And I even said recently, I'm like, if you hear Apologize in like an early 2000s reality show or teen drama, you know shit's about to happen. Oh, yeah. That song was everywhere, wasn't it, Kelly? It was like every single teen show had that song. It was my ringtone. I was obsessed with that song. Yeah. You know, so so many people remember, like, of course, the theme song. But those moments stick with us. Like, we'll hear Apologize, and all of a sudden we'll be like, oh, I'm in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What are your thoughts? Wait, I'm going to ask you questions. Yeah, please Um, do. What a... what are you thinking about the reboot right now? Like, what's first of all, what's going on? Do you have more intel of what's happening with the reboot than I do? So I know that they're filming again, but I don't know. I know you're in California. I think restrictions are about to be really strict again. And yeah. I'm not sure what they're doing, but it seems like they just keep going to, like, weird adventures. I know they've done skydiving. I know they've done, like, pilot training. Um, I know the boys had, like, a poker night. So I don't know if it's just going to be like us watching them do things rather than like storylines. I just, I can't get with the reboot. I tried really, really hard, but when the best part's Misha Barton, you know you don't have like a great reboot. Yeah. 
it was hard. I felt like I, I wanted to like it too. And I watched every episode, but there was just some sort of magic missing. And I, I don't know. It felt weirdly scripted. I know, you know, I'm super familiar with like the Bravo world and I know they had the same producers as Vanderpump Rules. And I feel like they kind of tried to do what Vanderpump Rules does, but it was like a watered down version of it. I don't know. I didn't like it, but I'll still watch every episode when they come back. Yeah, I'll hate watch it till the end. Yeah. But I think it's tough when the cast talks so badly about the show for so long. You know, it's kind of like, how am I supposed to believe that you want to be here when for the past decade you've been like, that show was scripted, everything was a lie, but this time it's true. Yeah. And also we need driving force now. Like, they they need Kristen or someone who's going to come in and spice things up and not or maybe just some completely new like she was an interesting hire i thought but then there was just nothing there nothing I, her storyline i thought could have been really interesting like getting back into acting and like her relationship with her mom and all of that stuff but they would kind of dip their toe in and then dip back and it's like no follow that that's interesting yeah, I don't want to see Spencer do crystal baths and, like, hold hummingbirds anymore. I want him to be the villain. He's a great villain. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it's frustrating for them, too, because it's like they don't maybe want to be the villain anymore, but they're good at it. Yeah, Spidey will always be the villain in my book. I can't lie. <laughs> and also the, that whole casting was weird, too, though, because they were also just... Um, uh, not, it didn't seem like any of them would be friends in real life. It was like, we're just forcing these people, random, random people to be together in scenes. It was like, Whitney would never hang out with Misha Bart. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't. Sorry. No, you're totally right. And I know what they were originally thinking. They wanted to put them all in a house in like Arizona or Colorado. And Brody Jenner was like, absolutely not. I am not leaving Malibu. And so he's oh, I didn't the, know that. Yeah, he's the reason they didn't do like a real world Big Brother style Hills reboot, which is for the best, I think. What do you make of Lowe these days? Because I have a lot of thoughts on Lowe. I feel like she hates the whole thing. So she does, but she recent, recently, after the reunion, reached out to me and sent me like a screenshot. And she was like, we look happier here. And I was like, you told me not to tag you, not to DM you, not to do anything. But thank you. <laughs> I felt like there's something, I don't know, there's something, I, every time I've seen an interview or something, it seems like she doesn't want to talk about any of it, and it's like, I get frustrated, I interview a lot of reality people and celebrities and stuff, and I always get frustrated when they don't want to talk about the thing that they're known for, but then yeah. they also want you to promote their wares and their goods that they want to sell, and it's like, you, there has to be a balance, like, Lo, if you want to do an interview with Us Weekly, you're going to have to talk about The Hills. Yeah, I think for her, she's tried so hard to get out of Lauren's shadow. And she's like, no, now I have my own brand. But I think, you know, if she said every day's a fashion show, the world, the internet would explode. Because they'd be like, oh my god, she's back. Right, right. Embrace it. It's like, we, that's what we want to see you embrace it. We, the thing that bothers me about it is she was my favorite. Me too. And so I, get, I feel like frustrated that she seems to have hated it so much. Because also, it makes us feel like, bad for liking it does that make sense it's like well you're shitting on it and but we love it so stop shitting on it because we want to support you and love you but you're making it hard because you're insulting our likes i agree i agree and every once in a while she'll throw like a random like on a comment or like a picture and i'm just like okay it's like an eclipse it doesn't happen often but when it does i'm excited i love that i love that um so i know one of my favorite things you're obviously great on twitter as well 
One of my favorite oh, things you. was your live tweets of Very Cavallari. Can we oh, talk? <laughs> can we talk about Very Cavallari? Because I think you missed Please. that show, and you're sad that it's not coming back. Yeah, well, I loved. I, I loved hate watching. It was probably my favorite show to hate watch. And I always try to keep things very positive online and very, um, you know, I, I, I don't ever want to be super negative, but there was something in that show that's kind of like <laughs> was so frustrating as you probably feel the same way because we love Kristen mm-hmm. on these shows. And so then to see her in this vehicle that is so bland and so devoid of any entertainment excuse me but it's true um and to see that and then to see it keep getting worse and worse and worse weekly where they were they were making decisions uh production wise that i think they thought was making it better but it kept getting worse and worse and worse i remember the first season because i actually grew up with you know taylor from the first season Mm -hmm. um her, the guy she married, Mike, is one of my oldest and best friends from growing up. Like, we grew oh, up okay. together, and our families are really close. And um, I was at their wedding in, in Nashville. And uh, But they um, – that first season when it was, like, Shannon and Taylor, the people didn't like Shannon, but she was necessary for the show. Mm-hmm. And so it was frustrating to me because I would go on Twitter or something, and everyone would be like, I hate that redheaded – girl she's too mean or she's too whatever and i'm thinking no that's what you need from a reality show and producers for some reason i don't know if it's because e is kind of doesn't doesn't know how to produce reality tv (laughs) or what it is but they were like okay we're gonna get rid of shannon because she's she's messy and they got rid of taylor and it was like the whole finale was centered around taylor and mike's engagement and then they decided not to bring them back. And it's like all of those decisions made no sense to me. And even that's, I, I understand I'm a little bit biased because I'm, I'm friends with Taylor and, and Mike. Um, so I'm a little bit biased, but even from a production standpoint, I'm just like, these are the craziest decisions. Like who's making this decision to get rid of the person driving all the stories. I completely agree I with you. I, I liked the first season I did because I thought Shannon was really funny. And I'm like, you're not supposed to like Shannon. She's not there to be liked. Right. And I was like, if Kristen would, like, step up and be mean, I could deal with that. But she won't. She won't be the villain anymore. Yeah, and they tried to do, again, like, what Vanderpump Rules is. So I don't think anyone really knew their role. If Like, Kristen, I think, wanted to be that LVP matriarch. But then viewers, we want to see her getting in the mix. Mm -hmm. And getting a little bit messy. And then it was, like, the thing that worked, or the thing that they thought worked was the Jay stuff. And I know a lot of people really loved Jay in that first season or whatever, but then they leaned too far into it. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, then every episode we're watching just these scenes with Jay and animals. And it was like, (laughs) he did so much fucking animal work. I'm like, can we get Jay away from the animals for a scene? And also it works better when we're just sprinkling him in. Um, But instead they had to lean into Jay. So I don't know. It it was so, so messily produced and, what was her name? Um, Kristen's friend, Kelly, was that her yeah, name? Yeah, it was Kelly. That stuff was confusing as the viewer because she just sort of left at a certain point. It's like they made that the storyline, but then she left. And they wouldn't and talk about the, it. Yeah. And I love the Justin and Scoot stuff, but then I, I that was another thing I wanted them to lean more into or – it just felt like they kept adding ingredients to this stew and then eventually no matter what they added it was like a bland bowl of soup like it just didn't matter 
<laughs> right. No, I agree with you. And I, I felt like, you know, the first season was good. Second season was like, okay, they're shipping empty boxes. Is someone stealing? That was my first thought. I'm like, internal theft. It's happening. And then the last season, they're like, oh, we're not even going to talk about the store. I'm like, but I want to know about the boxes. Right. Right. It never knew what show it was. The whole entire run of it, it was like, what show are we? And E doesn't know what kind of reality show they want to produce because Kardashians is really popular. And so they almost edited it in the same way as Kardashians. But Kardashians has like a much bigger cast with like stronger ties and they have more going on in their personal lives. But it's still edited in a slow pace, like nothing. When you watch Kardashians, it's a much slower paced reality show than like Real Housewives. So Cavalry was like trying to be that same slow pace, but with like none of the interesting characters or I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'm making sense, but it was the worst fucking show I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it out it there on worst. record. <laughs> truly, truly. But I, again, watched every minute of it. So the joke's on me. Yeah. I'm like, they kept bringing me in every single week. And I was, there was part of me when they announced the cancellation, there was part of me that was like, disappointed and sad i was like what am i when am i gonna get to drag this show anymore because you know and again i just would like to say that i did it out of love because i want i love reality tv and so when i when something has like certain ingredients that should make it good but it's so bad it frustrates me i mean Kristen's a reality legend right absolutely she's do you think she would be in like the top 10 reality tv show people or is that too high? Because I feel like Lauren probably would be, but I don't know if Kristen would be. Yeah, you know, Kristen's good. I, I, I don't, maybe like, she, she's up there. I don't know about top 10, but, you know, she's definitely up there and she's so spicy and so great. Even on social media lately, I feel like she's been kind of, we've seen her with like the Southern Charm cast and stuff. And I know she's not with Jay anymore. And it's like, it feels like a little bit of that spicy um, Kristen is back and yeah she's great on TV and so I think we want her to be great on TV and that wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> so this is a question I'm sure you're asked a lot but this is something I get asked about like Laguna Beach and all this stuff but why Bravo what brought you into Bravo what made you want to essentially start a podcast recapping which originally started recapping pretty much Bravo shows obviously you've branched out you had Cameron Diaz, which I still can't get over. You did an incredible job with that. I would have sobbed the whole time. But what was it about um, Bravo that made you want to, like, really lean into that? You know, I just really got addicted to it. I think Bravo, it's like um, nicotine or something, like people who watch it get addicted to it. And it's similar to Bachelor Nation or, or, or even, like, The Hills and stuff. It's like people, you get addicted to it and you can't stop. And, and Bravo does such a great job of, like, once you're hooked – they get you checking out all these other shows and spinoffs and everything else that's going on on the network. But I, I started watching Bravo for Kathy Griffin's My Life on the D-List. That was like my favorite mm-hmm. um, reality show back in the day. And then somewhere along the way, I started, uh, I checked out The Housewives and then specifically New York Housewives season one, I got hooked on that. That was like my, and New York is still my favorite out of all shows, but um, that got me hooked. And then I just, Atlanta came, I think, shortly around the same time or, or thereafter. Um, and then Beverly Hills. And, you know, I just started watching all of them. And then 
uh, I had been performing and doing sketch comedy around town in Los Angeles and Chicago, and nothing was working at all. And um, eventually I got to a place where a friend recommended starting a podcast. And uh, so I just decided uh, it would be good to talk about Housewives and Bravo because that's what I love. Did and, you-, you know, like on on your social media, I had grown like a little following of people who had like-minded interests in terms of like Bravo and Housewives. So it made sense then to cover Bravo and Housewives on my show. Absolutely. And what's funny is when I first started following you, I did not watch any Bravo. I was very much like, I'm never going to watch Vanderpump Rules. Like, I don't need to watch this. And then I watched one episode and I was like, okay, I get it. But what made you kind of expand? You know, like I said, you've had Cameron Diaz, Katie Couric, Gina Rodriguez. You've had a lot of really incredible guests. How is that for you? Being able to, you know, kind of start as like a recap just for fun and now it's like, oh, wow, I have Cameron Diaz reading The Holiday. Was it The Holiday or Inner Shoes? Inner Shoes, right? Inner Shoes, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I've always been a fan of pop culture. And it was sort of by design very early on. I had released like three episodes. I think my first three episodes all came out at once. And my first two, I did an interview with someone from The Challenge on MTV. Oh, and then okay. a guy named Bob Harper, who was uh, the host on The Biggest Loser. And I... I I wrote a book with him. Um, so I always wanted to have celebrity interviews, but of course I didn't have access to people um, at the beginning. And so it made sense to really more so lean into the recaps and the Bravo and stuff. Um, but it was always my goal and dream to be able to interview these people. Cause I'm a pop culture junkie. So like, I love all, especially nostalgia. Um, so I always like dreamed of that. And then as the show has grown, it's just become much easier, you know, in the middle or early on, I was reaching out publicists and people and like begging them to come on my show. Or if I had a friend who worked for in Los Angeles, like you always know someone who's like someone's a nanny or someone's, I don't know, someone who works for celebrities. And so I was begging friends who, who worked with people and um, to have them come on my show. Cause it's just what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I know that most people who listen to my show, they're listening for the Bravo stuff, but uh, I, I never wanted to just be pigeonholed into that. So I, I always tried to do it as much as I can. And I've been very lucky to get like a lot of really great people. And now it's been great because it's just easier to book and, and more so people are reaching out to me to come on the show instead of me like just begging people on email, <laughs> and, which I still do from time to time. But um, And, you know, today, uh, today, right before we were doing this, um, I interviewed Marie Osmond, who's like not, okay. you know, she's, she's you know she's a older famous person and she's lovely and had such a great career but it's my mom's like favorite it's my mom like worships the ground she walks on so the opportunity came up where they reached out and she's going to be on my i have a christmas spinoff show and so she's going to be a guest on that but we just did the interview before um i got to speak with you and it was just such a like pinch me moment because my mom was on the zoom so i had my mom on the whole time with marie and it was it was the greatest gift I could have given my mom and, and also for myself too. It was like my mom was on Cloud Nine and and it was it was so special. So so when I look back on the show and I think like that I got to have that experience with my mom and and her idol, uh, it was amazing and, and super exciting. So just before we started recording, I felt like I had one of those weird pinch me or bizarre moments. And I know Marie's not like a, the biggest star right now, but it's my mom's like favorite. 
That's amazing. You definitely win favorite child for Christmas. There's no (laughs) doubt about that. So I actually, I love the challenge. And I know you also love the challenge. I know that this is very on the spot. But if you could pick, I know it's starting tomorrow too, which is awesome, the new season. If you could pick like five challengers to have as your team, who do you think you'd have? I know it's a tough question to be put on the spot, but... It is tough. You know, I just interviewed TJ Lavin, so that interview will be out, I think, tomorrow. And that was like a dream, too, because I love, I've watched the challenge forever, and mm-hmm. he's, of course, you know, the, the best. But so I think in terms of who I'd want on my team, I like the like the veterans. I like the, um, uh, Alton was someone who came up that mm-hmm. I was thinking about. Like, I had, A, I thought he was the hottest man, and I watched him <laughs> on, on The Real World, and I thought he was a really good competitor. So Alton... Um, do you remember Rachel from back in the day? Yes. Um, I thought she was really good, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, she hasn't done it for a while, but she kind of pops up in my head. Um, I, I don't really care for bananas. I know he's the best, so I'm not going to say him. I don't like him. But yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I can't with him. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other guy. Oh, well, he's sort of a dick, too. A lot of the guys are tough for me. You know, they're... A lot of a lot of like misogyny and stuff like that. Um, so let me think. Yeah, I mean, I like the classics. I like a Veronica. I like I like CT. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like CT has softened throughout the years. I didn't like him when he was like all tough CT, but I like the version he is now. Mm-hmm. And I always miss Coral. Okay, Coral. that's I loved. Yeah. Uh, Katie Doyle was like my all time favorite. Like, smoking cigarettes during eliminations, to me, that's what I wanted. And I was, like, in sixth grade, I'm like, perfect. I like her. Yeah, I mean, those older seasons, I know they're t- they're talking about doing, like, that veteran season with Mark Long. And mm-hmm. um, you know who I see all the time? And I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I always see Eric Knees or Nyes. Do you know, yeah. do you know who that is? Like, mm-hmm. And I go on this hiking trail here in L.A., and he's always, like, shirtless, and he's never wearing shoes or socks. And I always find it so strange that he, he you know, I just see him from a distance. We walk the same trail. <laughs> um, but it always, I find it so weird that he's just not wearing shoes or socks on, like, a very dirty Los Angeles <laughs> hiking trail. Like, it's strange. He's just training for the OG season, I guess. <laughs> I know. I hope he's back. Seems seems like be dippy in a way, but also... I mean, talk about crushes. He was, like, one of my first crushes, too. Yeah. He was, like, the VJ, wasn't he? He, he, um... He... I know that he was, the like, the OG real worlder. And they all, like, stayed at his apartment in New York. (laughs) That was real world season one. You know, I miss the, um... The Vegas seasons. I love... I wish they would do another one. Remember they did that one where it was, like, back in Vegas? Mm -hmm. And they, they brought them back. I wish they would do that again. I loved Real World. That was probably my first reality show where I was like, maybe I want to be on reality TV. Then I was like, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah it's a lot. You have a good friend, Tyler. Do you remember Tyler Duckworth? Yeah, was, with the yeah, kids. So I always want him to come back on the challenge because he's a good friend of mine. He's the most wild, rambunctious person I know. Um, and he used to be great TV, but I keep, I'm like, Tyler, you need to go back. Absolutely. He was great. I remember his high kicks. Like, that's what I really remember about him. <laughs> he still does those high kicks. <laughs> so I know that you love Home Goods. I know you said Kohl's. The lines are always really long there. TJ Maxx. But you're yeah. walking through those stores and there's a very specific soundtrack. What kind of songs are you looking for when you're shopping? Like a good grocery store playlist. When you hear it, like for me, it's Where Have All the Cowboys yeah. Gone? 
by Paula Cole, like when oh, I yeah. hear that, you know? <laughs> right, a grocery store anthem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love um, I love a Natalie Imbruglia Torn. I love a Kimberly Locke, Eighth World Wonder. Oh, okay. I love... I love uh, Kelly Clarkson's Catch My Breath. Like, not a very popular song, but it's popular in the aisles of the grocery store. (laughs) Like, you'll hear that song. Every time I walk into a fucking Ralph's here in L.A., I hear Catch My Breath by Kelly Clarkson. I'm like, this didn't even chart, I don't think. And it's playing every time I enter at the frozen food section to get it to Giorno. Um, So that, yeah, those would be, like, kind of the tops for me. Jennifer Hudson's Spotlight, I feel like they play at the grocery (laughs) store. And then there's usually like a good throwback boy band song, like an NSYNC or something. It's always like quit playing uh, games Backstreet, with my... Backstreet Boys show me the meaning of being lonely, I feel like, is always playing. And when that plays, it's when you're grabbing that DiGiorno pizza by yourself. <laughs> that's the real reason we're being lonely. Yeah, because I'm getting a DiGiorno. <laughs> were you a Backstreet Boys or NSYNC fan? I was NSYNC, and actually... I've been posting a lot of NSYNC stuff and I'm starting to get like Backstreet fans mad at me on Instagram because they're like, um, why don't you post Backstreet Boys? And I never just, dis- I liked Backstreet Boys enough, but I, I like loved NSYNC. I, I get that. Were I'm you, one of those, I'm a Backstreet Boys girl. Like I've seen them live 13 times. Like I'm no joke. Oh You're lucky I, I don't end that. this right now, Danny. <laughs> I love that. What's your favorite Backstreet song? Um... I don't know. It's probably like a deep cut. There's a song called Siberia, which is on their Never Gone album that came out when I was in like eighth I know grade. That song. It's a good yeah. one. They have a lot of, and I love Backstreet Boys too. I, but mm-hmm. you know, it's a different kind of love for NSYNC. But I understand. Backstreet has like so many great songs. You know, I just was uh, working out to the call the other day. Yes. And I'm like, holy shit! Like the song is so good. I agree, and that's the first night AJ McLean did coke, and then look what happened. Luckily, he's doing good now, but. Wait, okay, back up. What's the story? So basically, before the call, he never tried drugs. And then that music video, the night they shot that music video is the first time he tried cocaine. So now if you ever watch that music video, just know that was AJ's first time being high on coke. I did not know this. Yeah, I have all the Backstreet Facts. Don't you worry. Is there, do you like them all, all the guys? or? I don't. I don't. I don't like Nick Carter. I really don't like him. He's very problematic and nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had, I've had guests on my show that it's, who haven't wanted to talk about it, who had situations and, you know, because I think it's tough with, with any of these people who have such fervent fan bases, I think it can be tough to talk about them because their fan bases will come after, mm-hmm. you know, if you say something or it's hard to have a dialogue about certain things. I don't know. I'm, I'm even talking around it. Cause I'm like, I don't want anybody to come after me. No, I get it. I get it. You'll never see me talking bad about like Beyonce. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, you know, something I just want to mention about Beyonce is I, I was talking, I was watching the Carrie Underwood Christmas special and I love Carrie Underwood. Um, but she was making her son sing on the album, and it was really pissing me off because I'm like, kids don't need to sing on the album. The only exception is like Blue Ivy. Like Blue Ivy can sing on the album. Well, Blue Ivy's like sing. Beyonce's manager, so if Beyonce wants to sing, Blue <laughs> Ivy better sing alongside. Yeah. Also, like, this is a funny fact that I have been dying to share with someone that somebody shared with me. Um, apparently, and I have to look this up, but on the Destiny's Child Christmas album, apparently, like 
uh, Beyonce is accredited writer on things like Silent Night or something. And I just love that. Like, good for her. She like, cred- like so they probably, I think they changed up a couple words on some of those classic songs. Um, so somebody said to check the liner notes of the Destiny's Child Christmas album because like they're, they're credited writers on songs that are just like, you know, Silent Night or whatever. That is hysterical. I love that. Yeah. And now I'm going to look at it after this. So I didn't even look yet. So I've got to look too. Yeah. You'll have to, we'll have to text about it or something because I, I need a look. Now, I think one of the most popular things on your Instagram is Jessica Thursday. How did that come about? I'm sure you've told the story, but have, has she also ever reached out to you? Because I mean, no. You, you know, I've heard from somebody, I think that worked with the clothing line, said she was a fan or they were a fan. And, and there was a time when her book was going to come out. They were trying to, I was going back and forth with someone from her team. I, I forget if it was like a publicist or who it was. We were trying to make it work. And then um, I was at the Kelly Clarkson show. Like the, I, I wrote a cocktail book with two of the people from Vanderpump mm-hmm. Rules. And they were guests on the Kelly Clarkson show. And so I went with them just because I love Kelly. And um, my friend Logan and I went and um, and Jared and this guy Brad. And uh, Jessica was filming an appearance like right before us. And so she had just left Kelly Clarkson's studio. And the the guy that worked for Kelly Clarkson's show came up to me and was like, Jessica was just here. They just filmed. And I, if I would have known you were here, we would have like tried to make it happen so we're like ships passing in the night i was about Um, to say that it's almost there it's not time yet you're not ready to meet her yet you're exactly right i feel like i would explode i wouldn't be ready for it um but i love her and i just was posting like a throwback clip of her at some point and i people really responded to it and then i started to get um i always appreciated her but i got more of an appreciation for her as i started to kind of do these thursday posts which are just so ridiculous and insane but uh i just i started to love her even more and i noticed everyone loves her and straight guys love her gay men love her women love her like everyone has at one point in their lives loved jessica simpson i remember in college my freshman year my straight roommate or sophomore year, my straight roommate had a Jessica Rolling Stone poster up, you know, because all the straight guys, like, loved her. They thought she was, like, the sexiest, you right. know? And, and then I loved her music pop career. And, you know, so everyone has sort of loved or been with her at some point. I agree with that. That's so funny. I never even thought of that. But I definitely did have a Jessica Simpson time in my life where she was, like, my favorite person. Yeah. And that those newlywed years, I mean, people were obsessed with that show and specifically her. I was way more Ashley, though, because I, I thought I was, like, edgy because I have, like, yeah. dark hair. And I was like, yeah, yeah, she died at dark. I get it. Like, uh, I, love, I love Ashley, too. I mean, Ashley, that album is amazing. That piece, that first, I mean, a lot of her music is good, but that first album is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I know you're a big Kelly Clarkson fan, as am I. So I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite Kelly song? Uh, I mean, I, I I really love Heat. Uh, I justice for Heat. Um, I met her at a bar sort of recently too, and I was like, I was drunk, and I was telling her like <laughs> Heat should have been number one. And then I also told her I was like, it was right after Broken and Beautiful came out from mm-hmm. the Trolls soundtrack. Yeah, and I was like, Kelly. I've been listening to it all weekend, just sobbing, <laughs> like telling her this. It was like so embarrassing. Um, but I love, I love all of, I truly, Kelly's like one of my favorite artists. I love all of her music. Right now, I'm of course listening to the Holiday album. Was it you who pointed out that she has her ex-husband's name in the song? 
No, no. <laughs> like, you know, one of the songs on the holiday album, it's called like Winter Dreams, parentheses, Brandon song. And I always thought she shouldn't have put his, he's, his name's not in the song. Like she shouldn't have named the song after him. Right. And now look where we're at. So. Oh, Brandon. What's your favorite, Kelly? Um, The Trouble with Love. So good. Like when so I need good. a good just feeling song, I listen to that and I'm like, I get it. I'm in those feelings. But I actually thought of you when I saw her live, she had Reba come out. And I was literally, I'm like, Danny would love this. I love Reba. I love my Reba. You know, Kelly had an acoustic version of Beautiful Disaster from one of the albums. Mm-hmm. I think it was on her second album, the acoustic version. And I love a good dramatic ballad. Um, Sober from My yes. December. My December, I love. Um, my December, I love Tightrope, which is a dramatic ballad. I love Low. Um, in terms of like, I would say Low's my second. What is? Low? Low. So good. Remember it- that video when she's in the... Um, ATV or whatever. Absolutely. When I wanted to like be mad at my friends, that would be my AIM away message. I'd be like, have you ever had a friend that let you down? So I don't know. Have I? I I feel so bad for kids these days. Don't get a go and put an AIM away message up. That was really like the peak. What was your go to? Usually I'd be like, don't text or don't call, like leave it (laughs) like something moody and rude. I remember I used to always say, don't hate, motivate. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just like always don't hate, motivate. But I would use like the number eight, like Avril Lavigne. <laughs> of course. So as we wrap this up, I have to ask, because you are a Bravo expert, what do we think about Jackson, Brittany, Vanderpump Rules? What are we thinking? You know, I'm, I'm excited for where they're going. I'm glad that they're doing a huge shakeup. Because the last season I thought was the worst one yet. And and I think they needed to do something drastic. And it could either be a huge flop or or it's gonna work really great. But I'm I'm hopeful and I think that they realized last season was bad and so I'm hoping that they step it up and, and I think they will and they still have some really great people on there and um and I'm glad Jackson I don't care for them. I even like I understand that they brought a lot of storyline, but I, I just couldn't handle how much of a, I just couldn't handle him. And I'm good for it. Cause I worked with Ariana and Tom, so I, I right. love them truly. And so it was hard for me to like watch him say such homophobic things regarding Ariana and like that kind of stuff. Like I just, it was bothering me. Like I couldn't handle it. And then the mean things to Tom and it was like, they're the sweetest two people ever. And so I think, I think Jackson, Jax was like a not nice human. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great answer. So as we wrap this up, I want to say thank you. And you are actually one of the reasons I started a podcast. I was like, I'm not going to do one alone. I'm not going to do one alone. Then I listened to you and I was like, maybe I could. And I think I DM'd you. And I was like, what yeah, advice? We talked about it. Yeah. yeah, I was like, what advice do you have? And you were like, just do it. <laughs> That Just was do it. it. And how do you feel? Are you like happy? You must be happy that you've done that. Yeah, I'm very excited. So I appreciate that. And, you know, you've helped me a lot with certain things, you know, and I just want to say thank you. Oh, well, it's my pleasure. Any any way or anything. And, you know, I love you and I love your account and all of this at your show and everything. And, um, I think it is sort of a weird thing of like you just have to kind of dive in with mm-hmm. it because I was I remember I was like I can't do a show and my boyfriend had like bought my microphone for Christmas and it took me a whole year from like when he got me a microphone to actually record an episode because I was just like terrified of doing it and then 
now I think, oh my God, how my life has changed from, from doing it. And you just have to dive in and, and also just put out shit. And some <laughs> of it is good and some of it is bad. Like it just is what it is. Yeah, for sure. But thank you so much for coming on. Where can everybody find you on your socials? Sure. Um, I'm at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And my show's called Everything Iconic. I also have a spinoff podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. And that's where I recap like Christmas movies. Um, but on my main show, I do uh, on Everything Iconic, I do reality TV and celebrity interviews. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kelly.